This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. doing out there today i really got to get a better intro what do you do any ideas catchphrases i also need one to sound out you know what as far as tuning out at the end or closing um what do you think a catch on the rebound that was always my i used to say that to people catch on the rebound but if i'm shooting there's no rebound so how am i going to see you just look me up that was my line for a while. No wonder I got punched in the face. <laughs> anyway, yeah, maybe I'll go with that catch on the rebound at the end. Cheesy, but what's not? Any catchphrase? Give me a catchphrase that's not in some way cheesy. A- anyway, why am I talking about the end when we're at the beginning? How y'all doing out there? I hope you're all right. Uh, you know, the news... Could be better, but you know, could be worse, I suppose. We're all inside, um, but we're outside. It's, you know, it's kind of—I don't want to say better than what I thought, but—and I certainly don't want to be ignorant and take for granted what other people are going through. But um, I've, I don't know. I've been—I've been riding my bike way more when I got a bike. Uh, the one I had last year was um, toast. But anyway, I went out and got a bike, and I'm riding that everywhere. I'm listening to podcasts. A lot of them are educational. I come home, I do this. I do some writing. Like I said, I'm helping to write a TV show. Then we got, uh, what else? You know, planning public speeches and stuff. That might be a while away, but it never hurts to like listen to some stand-up comedy and do this because some of it can be inserted, right? The more you talk and the more you have guests, the more ideas you have. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't have anything coming up soon for good reason. We don't need public gatherings. But when when it comes about, I'll have to speak and I'll have to uh, do some events or whatever. And it's always nice. I always gather. Like, honestly, having these guests on was great because I get to catch up and I get some great stories to write down and, and remember. And speaking of guests, yeah, I'm going to get right into it today uh, pretty quick. This uh, He's going to come right up. So his name is Scott Burt. Um, some of you know him, some of you don't. So I'll explain this. Bertie is one of my best hockey friends, I guess you'd have to say. So um, when I went away, like I said, I was 14 years old. To the rough and tumble Rocky Mountain Junior Hockey League for my Bantam years. And, uh, and then the Western League. Well, Bertie was my age. So when I went out there, people didn't know how Hockey Canada works. You got your under 17 and your under 18 and all that. And the under 17 is like what it was, not sure if it is now, but they used to have like five sections of Canada. So they'd have Team Pacific, Canada, Team Western. Team Pacific was Alberta, BC. Team Western was Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Team Ontario, obvious. Team Quebec, obvious. 
Team Atlantic. So, and you'd all go to the world championship. So the under 17, for example, is just like the world juniors. At least it was, I can't speak for recent times. I don't know how it works. I know there's still those teams. I just don't have the tournament works. Um, so that was it. So, you know, the year before, and then there was under 18, the next year was an actual team Canada and then the world juniors. But yeah, like, so two years before your world junior age, or, uh, you know, you're 16, some people, Paul Correa, Wayne Gretzky, Eric Lindros, they have made it at 16. Um, yeah, and maybe even Lefebvre last year. Anyway, there, there's been more than one 16-year-old, but it's really rare. It's rare to have a 16-year-old on a junior team. Major junior, you only usually have one or two. Some teams have none, max four, but I've never been on one with more than three or four. So anyway, you go to those tournaments. So I went away, and you know, I'm used to playing growing up in Mount Pearl and, and, and playing in those Newfoundland events, right? And everybody in Newfoundland, the good players, you, you tend to know every player. You know, the, the Newfoundland top division at the time, you're probably looking at six or seven teams across the island. Three or four in St. John's, then you got your Gander, Grand Falls, Cornerbrook, uh, you know, and other teams. It would always be St. John's, Mount Pearl, Grand Falls. It's A, B, C to go down, right? So if you win the B growing up, you got to play in the A. So it'd be a little bit, um, there'll be a little bit of traffic, but for the most part, well, and I never played in A, so Mount Pearl were always in A. Anyway, anyway point being, you get to know everybody and you're going to these tournaments. So you know, as a kid and, and you're getting rated and you, you kind of have an idea who might make team Atlantic. Uh, so I moved out West and I was all of a sudden I had to play for the, I had to go to the Pacific camps and the, the BC camps and that stuff. Well, Scott Bird is from up around Cornell. I believe Chet went, I believe. Uh, and he was my age and a great player. He was playing Bantam that year though. And I didn't know anybody cause I went out there and I'm playing junior. So a lot of the kids actually had their back up against me because they're like, you know, I'm looking to make Team Pacific. This guy grows up in Atlantic Canada, comes out, and now all of a sudden he's going to knock somebody off the team, right? And we're trying out. I remember there being a bit of animosity, but I got along with Scotty. I noticed he was an absolute, is an absolute bullet. Bullet, bullet. Could he skate? He made Team Pacific just on that. And he had a good, good pro career, mostly East Coast League, though, and he's a champ. He won a couple times in the coast. Great coach. Really, I don't know how he didn't play in the American League longer. And when I was a kid, I thought, or when we were in junior, I thought he would have a chance to make the NHL as a, as a penalty killer or a specialist, like a bullet, and he could put the puck in the net. So we both get drafted. I get drafted to Tri-City, which is in uh, Washington State, right? Most teams in the Canadian Hockey League, Western Hockey League, are, are in Canada. But in the Western League, there's a U.S. division. So me and Scotty got drafted there. So I'd only been to a couple of camps with him. For the, it's called BC's Best Ever, the under-16 or under-17 program. And from that, they, they take – then you go to a camp with Alberta. And I remember Wade Redden being at that one and Jerome McGinley. And I believe Kyle McLaren. Um, and anyway – so then, then, we began, then you'd combine. So Alberta and BC got roughly 10 players each, uh, plus a few spares, whatever. But anyway, I went through that, and then Scotty was probably my first friend that was my age from that, those kind of camps. I felt comfortable talking to him. And, yeah, it wasn't easy on my mind. I mean, I was doing well on the ice, but anyway. I ended up making the team, and uh, we went to the World Championships in Amos and Val d'Or and Ryan Noranda, Quebec. That's where it was that year. Couldn't have been any colder. Good time. We lost to the Czech in the – we lost the Czech in the crossover game. We really – what a great team we had, too. Um, we had myself, Jerome McGinley, Wade Redden, Byron Ritchie, great NHLer for a while. 
Uh, we had Kyle McLaren. Uh, we had, oh God, Josh Green. Josh, probably five, six hundred NHL games. Um, yeah, we were Matt Higgins. Jesus, looking back, we were, and I'm just, I'm just closing my eyes and trying to remember. I'm sure I left out a couple of nuggets there that played in the show. Uh, oh, uh, Craig Adams played a while, could really snipe. Um, yeah, he was on our team. So it was a, Shane Willis, God, and he was a, whoa, could he score? But he got laid out by Scott Stevens early. People forget who that is. And I'm telling you, he was, as, a, as an early 20s-year-old, I believe Carolina and Tampa. God, it's a long time ago. I haven't talked about Shane Willis, but he could snipe. And he played a few years in the show and did well. If I'm, I always assumed it was concussions. I, I don't really know. Back then, there was no internet. Um, well, there was, but. There was no social media, I should say, so it wasn't as easy to find out. Shane Willis, if you're out there and you're still kicking, um, I really think you were a great player, and I hope you're well. Anyway, Scotty Burt. So, yeah, those guys were on the team, and Scotty played with me, and then Scotty played in, and so we ended up getting drafted to those United States teams. So when I was 16 in Tri-City, Scotty was 16 on the Seattle Thunderbirds. What a place to be, Seattle. I'll tell, tell a story about that after our after our interview, fuck, the grunge movement was going on. What a time. What a time. And uh, anyway, we go pro. So, Scotty, um, I go to Montreal. And, uh, geez, I forget. I'm going to look now. Where did Scotty get drafted? And you know what? I don't think he did get drafted, which is a crime. Again, it's what situation you're in, right? You're 17. I don't remember. I don't think he played a ton in, in, in Seattle at the time. Not like me, right? Seattle had a little bit of an older team. Like, I'm in... Try cities with lengths, and we're playing every second shift. So, and I'm not bragging about that. I'm saying it's it's whatever situation you get in. If I had a, if I had a couple of bad games at the beginning of the year, that's how that's how thin that world can be. How, how your how thin your career can seem. Thin is the wrong word, but fragile. Because um, yeah, and junior especially. I mean, you got one year in your draft year, and I happen to just I, I hit gold at the beginning of the year at four hat tricks in sixteen games. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure I was playing well, but a lot of it was luck. And then you ride a wave, right? Like, and Scotty didn't get, I mean, me going eighth and him not getting drafted, there is not that much difference in us as players. Um, not that much to, to, for a first rounder and a guy not to get drafted. But anyway, he ended up coming back, of course, and being a very good junior. And in his later years, so I went to Red Deer 96, 97, and Scotty was my roommate and did real well and then carved out just a great career. Uh, in the coast, won a couple of championships. Uh, and we, we were also, and then we ran into each other on Idaho Steelheads as well. So we, we were actually roommates in Red Deer. And uh, that was a great time. And uh, anyway, ended up uh, teammates again in Idaho. Uh, that was the year I knocked out my teeth with a sledgehammer. Scotty was there for that. Anyway, uh, if you don't know that story, um, it's somewhere out there. I think I told Biz on YouTube if you want to check it out. If not, I'll uh, talk about it again soon. Anyway, uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring Scotty up right now. And he's actually back right now coaching in uh, – he's coaching in Idaho, back where we um, – back in our old stomping grounds. So I'll be right back with Scotty Burt. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to Tales with TR – Former member of the Prince George Spruce Kings, Seattle Thunderbirds, Swift Current Broncos, Edmonton Ice, Red Deer Rebels, Toledo Storm, Wheeling Nailers, Idaho Steelheads, Utah Grizzlies, Bridgeport Sound Tigers, and Alaska Aces. He's also coached in Alaska, Spokane, and now Idaho. 
Need a ringer? This guy's an awesome left winger. Oh, my word. This cat is a former Thunderbird. Don't be a hater. He's a real, real fast skater. We, sh we shared many a beer when we played in Red Deer. <laughs> when we got on a roll, we'd really celebrate goals. He could always light the lamp and is a pro hockey champ. We used to get drunk and rip off our shirts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pal, Scotty Burt. How you doing, Scotty? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm doing good. How about yourself, my man? I'm all right. So I, I um, in, in the time when you said you needed 15 minutes, I said, okay, I'm going to go on there <laughs> and try to explain how I know you. And, and some of it, I don't even know if you remember. But there's where I'm going to go. So for you listeners out there, Usually, and what I've tended to do in the past is go on a little bit of a chronological order, and we're going to do that. But where you're into coaching, and you're back in Idaho, and there's some shit that I don't know. So we're going to go all <laughs> over the map. You know his history, right? So we started back. I left. The first time I remember seeing you, and this is true, I don't even remember where it was. Do you remember those BC Best Ever camps? And we had to go right before the one we made Team Pacific? It was in Osuyas, was it not? It, that's where was that it was. That's where it was. It was. You, you, or, yeah. I'll never forget, you had orange socks on. What team was that? Was that with Trail or some shit? <laughs> that was with Trail, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, my dad was with the RCMP, so we moved around all over the place. And, and I kind of grew up most of my, uh, my hockey years in Trail, so that would have been, been Trail. Yep. Trail. And was, was there a part of it Chetwin? Were you ever in Chetwin? Yeah, so I went – Trail. Why is that in my mind? I don't know. I remember you used to, we were roommates anyway. We'll get into that. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So after it was my first year in Prince George, uh, went to, so I went to BC best ever camp. We ended up making the team. Um, never got drafted in the Western hockey league, got listed by Wait. Seattle, went to Seattle. Okay. Camp was in Castlegar. Okay. And they didn't want to take any 16 year olds. So I went, they sent me to Prince George. While I was up in Prince George, my dad got transferred to Chetwin, three hours north of Prince George. So in the midst of me playing in Prince George, the family moved up to Chetwin. Ah, I see. So that's where I left. That's where I left trail. And then Chetwin kind of became my new are uh, you, summer, summer home. Are you telling me? Now, I'm not kidding you. I remember that. I remember those yep. socks because yep. – that was actually the first. I'd never run into adversity against my own age. Here, I ran the, ran the gamut. Right here, I just I ran things. I'm, don't, I'm not being cocky when I say that. I was real big for a kid, and we won the, the provincials here by, like, 16 goals. It was, so I never really faced much adversity here. Then I went to Quinnell, and yep, it's all yep, people older yep. than me. Now, I'm 14 yep. anyway, but, I'm, you know, I ended up leading the team in scoring. People older than me. A lot of them didn't really have hockey aspirations. They were just on the local junior team. Great people. The odd one, Ryan Marsh, Sheldon Surrey were there, but, you know, most yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. So then, and, you know, so I wasn't really expected to do much. And I'm like, whenever I, I, I ran into some adversity, I'd go, well, you know, I'm 14, they're 20. But we went there, and I swear to you, in you and a couple more, and that's when I first realized I need to work on my skating. You were an absolute bullet. Yeah. And I'm going to go on from there. Are you telling me? So people that don't know, you go to these camps. So yeah. at 14, when you're in your first year Bantam in the Western League, which is this year we're talking about, yeah. is, is the Bantam draft. I went third overall, for example. Now, when you, if you were going to make Team Pacific at the time, you had to make – it was a BC and Alberta. So if Scott yeah. and I got taken for BC, that means we're one of the 10 best players in BC. And I'll go even further. 
because two or three are going to be defensemen, and we took Kim Dillabaugh, goalie, from there. Yep. So now you're talking six forwards are picked from British Columbia. You're one of them, and yeah. you don't get drafted into the Western Hockey League. I've never yeah. heard. What happens? Yeah. What, you know, I, I, we'll go – we'll even – I'll finish that, and then we'll go even farther. So, I, yeah, I was never drafted in the Western Hockey League. Um, grew up playing double-A hockey, which we had in trail, and um, there's a lot of scouts and whatnot, but I was smaller at the time, um, you know. Yeah, you were small. Remember I, that Jason Crawford kid? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I remember this distinctly, Bertie. I never saw him yeah, again after that. I he li- ended up going to Seattle with you, didn't he? Yeah, we lived yeah. together in Seattle. Yep. Of course. Yep. So, like, I mean, yep. you know, I'm just bringing up people. If they're going to say that about you, what about him? Anyway, go, go. R- right, right. Yeah, so so it was one of those ones. To be honest, that summer I worked at UBC Hockey School over the summer and ended up catching a ride to uh, Osuyas with a cousin of mine. Dropped me off there. Uh, my, my dad was working in trails, so he wasn't even at the camp. He didn't even get an opportunity to come watch me play there. Uh, and to be honest, I don't know how, I don't know how I made that team. Uh, I do. I, 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 making, do. I, I ended up making that team. I, I think to be honest, it, it was, it was Will and I just went out and played. It was, it was, um, it was skating. He Scotty, I'll cut you off before. <laughs> what was the coach's name again? Jeff. Uh, Jeff Rowland. Jeff Rowland. And there was another guy and you were a bullet. And I remember him talking to us. We, we just listened to a motivational tape day by day by Doug and the Slugs. We were in a yes, room, video love room. it. Love it. And he, yeah. And he, I remember. And he explained to people. And we also had to do a, a team building drill that we all eat four crackers. And we had to do it in a minute and explain <laughs> where we were from. Remember that shit? And during it, he got up and he said, you know, not everybody here. I'm not going to pick the best players. He said, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick three or four guys to score. And from there, and he, he kind of explained all the roles. And he said, some of you yep. are going to be uh, specific penalty killers. You're going to be role players. And you were one of those. Not, not to, yep. Yep. you know, you were. No, yeah. that's, that's what you were. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was. That was my whole career like that. But then we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit to my brother. Okay. My brother Wade played four years in the Western Hockey League as well. Never drafted. Also made Team Pacific. No. Isn't that, cr- so isn't that, that is crazy? crazy? Because, because most people, yeah. For those listening, like the vast, vast, vast majority of people, if you're going to make, if you're going to be one of the 10 best in your province, the chances are you can get drafted into eight rounds worth of 20 teams, right? Like really, or whatever it is around there. Um, So that is absolutely, I can't believe it. And and you would think, you would think given those stats that you guys were like thugs or criminals, but it's not the case. (laughs) You've always been kind of, and I know Wade too. I mean, you've been. Yeah. Spark plugs on whatever team you're on. Get along with people. Right. I mean, that's why you could last so long. That's amazing, Bertie, but there you go. That should actually give yeah. – now that you're a coach and for the last few years in Spokane, which is yep. a junior team. He's in Idaho now, which is a little bit older. East Coast League, for those in Newfoundland, the Newfoundland Growlers, where there's your Idaho Steelheads, uh, same level. So, yeah. Wish but, we uh, could have clashed this year. Yeah, man. And I love – to be honest, I go to the game. Now, Scotty and I also played in the East Coast League for Idaho. So I've got, well, West, but whatever. I won't go into the explaining of all the leagues, whatever. Let's call it double-A hockey. I played in Idaho, same level, with yeah. Scotty, and we lost in game seven to Fresno. And you went back the next year, and you guys won it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, it was double OT game six. No. To Fresno. Oh, the one and, that we lost. 
because yeah. I was play- I was out. Remember, I hurt yep. my ankle. Yep. But I would have yep. gotten a ring because I played like two games in the playoffs and I played thirty yep. on the year, and it would have been my first yep. ring, and I was just yep. pumped. Yeah. Yeah, and we absolutely outshot them, and they came down in a two-on-one and scored. Uh, we were going back to Fresno the next night, and we would have won for sure. Holy for sure, 100%. Goalie yep. stood on his head, David Mitchell. He's from PEI. Yeah. Yep. He's a one, and he's a good goalie, but that – I won't say lightning in a bottle because that would say he has no talent. I'm not saying that, but if people could see how he played, like it was incredible. You, you couldn't have had an NHL goalie play back. It was incredible the way he it played. It was unbelievable. We out, I'll never forget it. We outshot them every single game of the series, and we lost. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was I, absolutely yeah. crazy. But you went back, yeah. okay, and that was one of my favorite groups of guys. You know, some yeah. teams you play four years, and you uh, have four or five friendships, and others. I was there for the – and I played half the year because I was hurt. <laughs> what a time we had. Um, do you, <laughs> You're back there. Are any of the boys back in Idaho now? Yeah, uh, Blair Allison. Remember Blair? Of course I do. Blair here, Bunsy, he's still living here. Cal still lives here. Still? Uh, so yep. when you say oh, yeah. still, they haven't left? No, they haven't okay, left. So that, lot, that's you home. Know what? There's, yeah, there's a lot of guys um, that end up staying here. Some of the guys we didn't play that were before us, Scott Davis, Troy Edwards, uh, Rob Dumas. Um, there's a whole ton of guys. There's probably – Lee Stranks, too. There's, there's probably, I would say, 10 guys that played um, here in Idaho that ended up retiring and staying here in Boise. Uh, yeah, I see. And Marty Flickle's not far, is he? Yeah, Flickle's here too. Yeah. I know him a little bit. I played against him in junior. We went to the All-Star game yeah. and had just a great time together. And then yeah. uh, just just a blast. I know I know enough to know that he was a fun guy to hang out with. And after I left, he, he played like four or five years on the Steelheads and really lit it up. I didn't realize that. Great, great hockey yeah. player. Yeah. But Scotty, yeah. I mean, where else would you want to be? I've, I've th- people have asked me, you know, like, now I love Newfoundland. Yeah. But if you look at, so St. John's, Newfoundland is about 200,000 people, give or take. Well, if you count metropolitan area, maybe, maybe 250, which is around, is a little bit bigger, but boys, but not much. It's, and there's similar kind of people, uh, people, uh, pretty similar cultures. You know, people like to hunt and fish. They like their sports. Mm-hmm. There's a, still a party atmosphere. It's not, a lot of places when I say they like to hunt and fish, you know, you're talking about the fucking bayou. It's, it's not, though. You know what I mean? Because like, it's got a nightlife. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean, and you can go up to uh, Sun Valley's not far, which is yep. God, look into that. Yep. Idaho's like a poor man's like Denver, where Denver has Vale. We had Sun Valley. Now, not a pushover. Uh, Ernest Hemingway used to hang out up there. It's a famous little area. Some nice bars uh, at the time. To me, more and Bruce Willis had a spot. Still, uh, yeah, and I'll yeah, tell there's you, there's a lot of a lot of people still there. Yeah. Well, what, and what I loved about it, Scotty, playing in Idaho, is that say you play in Long Beach, great spot to play. But, you know, there's so much going on in the area that when you, when you like, you have to be hone in to really be a, be a Long Beach Ice Dogs fan. Like, you got to really pay attention. You could live across the street from the rink and not even realize what the, that they won the championship. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on in L.A. Uh, but, but in Idaho, you're a professional team. Now, point, point your compass in any direction. And you go 200 miles before you come to anything professional, any like you know, and, and I guess yeah. that might be Salt Lake City or, and so and they, now they get the Boise State Broncos football team and they get a yeah. few other things, but it's it's a vibe. And here you are, yeah. you'll go, what? They're hockey crazy in Boise. I'm like, oh yeah, the favorite rink I've ever played in. Upstairs is a restaurant, and when the weather gets nice, it kind of opens on one area and looks over into the street. I mean, I'm kind of explaining what I liked about it. That must be for you too. And is your wife from there? Uh, no, she's from Anchorage. 
She's from Anchorage, where you ended up going up and playing after that and winning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how yeah. often so do you I get was, back there? Uh, I promised her uh, three weeks of every summer we had up there. Her family's from up there. So I was, I was married here before I got divorced to my second wife, which I married. Uh, what was her um, name again? The one there? Uh, the one here was Christina. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. remember about Christina? You and I and Christina and Bobby Stewart went to a uh, New Kids on the Block concert. <laughs> it was off in, and it was a stadium like it, it wasn't in our stadium i don't it was remember idaho, it was the idaho center was it yeah okay like because i remember that and i don't know where i was i was like oh, yeah you're right people have asked me i'm like it wasn't in the building we played in i think it was the bank of america center where we played but i said yeah. this was a huge building i don't know who the fuck was there i don't know if it was a rodeo ground i don't know what it was yeah they do but, a lot of rodeos and, and concerts and whatnot out there yep hey, correct um, oh, beautiful. I'm, I'm catching up because uh, I love, sorry, I love catching up because that was kind of out of my mind. I wouldn't have remembered that until we talked yeah. about it. But yeah. um, and Anchorage, I got a connection there too. Well, you know, I raised Tyson, BJ's kid. Yep. BJ's yeah, one yeah, of the best yeah, players yeah. ever from, uh, yep. and so, uh, so Scotty and I, for those that don't know, uh, you know, you know my story with Tyson and BJ and well, Scotty was on our team in Red Deer. And yep. by the time we were in the West coast league together bj i believe was up in alaska so we came across him again yeah. so my point yep. being you know it's a tight group um and what do you because i'll tell you what i like about alaska but and i'm assuming you go to anchorage yep right okay yeah what do you like about up there scotty you know what i uh i told my wife when after my you know i kind of got in the hockey deal and coach and i said hey listen after nothing was going on in spokane i said hey why don't we just head back up to alaska she said no no i've lived up there my whole life but the summers in alaska are unbelievable they're tough in the winter they say uh, alaskans are tough i can tell you they are tough uh, uh winters are, are long and they're dark summers are bright and long it, it's it's awesome in the summer so go up there that's why we always uh i promised her three weeks out of the summer so we get up there we get the opportunity to go hunting fishing um camping uh see all her friends she was born and raised there so all her family's up there still uh we got close friends up there we still got two scooters that we bought when i was up there that we cruise around downtown oh deadly uh, yeah so it's it's pretty cool it's a it's a fun fun spot i think one day um i'll have a condo a little condo up there that we can always just go up there instead of staying at her brother's place or her parents place uh when we're up there that we'll have a place up there but uh, it's a fun spot. Go back to BJ a little bit. When I was playing here in Idaho, you, you were gone. Um, and he was playing for the aces. I actually, we tried to make a trade for him, uh, to come down here to Idaho at the time. Um, but, uh, that trade kind of fell through and, and we ended up going on, but we tried, we tried to get BJ down here. Well, uh, that would have been magic. I've always said, I don't yeah. know if I've seen a kid with more pure talent and just, um, you know, I don't mind. I'm not, Tarnishing his legacy. BJ was a little bit lazy. And we all have flaws, you know, and I know he's six feet under, but let's be honest and let's reminisce. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, you know, because sometimes you go, oh, come on, Noof, I don't want to go to the rink. Well, BJ, you got to go to the rink. Unfortunately, we're hockey players and you got to go to the rink. But he'd get there, <laughs> but he'd get there and just put on his, his hands and his head. And, yeah, just. He had so much talent. It was, it was unbelievable. And you're right. He could go through the motions because he was that good. Yeah, exactly. You know? He would always, yeah. I remember him, 
he was great to play with. The year I played with him in Red Deer, with yeah. you were there. He had uh, fifty-eight goals, yeah. and he just would be simple about it. No, 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 no. Just hit yeah. me. I'll get open. I'll get open. Just hit me, EJ. But I'm gonna go here and no, 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 no. Just get open. Just get. I'm like okay, and that that was it. It was just a simple game. It was at point A to point B with him. He didn't want to be too yeah. worried about it. And I mean, I'm not gonna say he didn't train. He did, but you always had to like twist his arm a little bit but you know bj came from alaska his, his parents weren't into hockey like like we like they, he had no direction he didn't know where he was going to go he didn't know what was going to happen he's up there playing bantam getting 100 goals he didn't know much about the world he just came down you know he was a true american prospect that really didn't mm-hmm. you know in canada it's kind of forced on you a little bit you know right um, right what uh, and by the way i love alaska for the, but I, I find it just a little bit too far for that reason, it's a little bit, and when it's all dark and all sunny, it just reminds you that hey, I'm like a full planet away from the next. <laughs> but it also, Scotty, that that feeling also can be if you're not hung up on being around a metropolis or or being around you know being right near the center of the zeitgeist, then it can be relaxing. Then you can check out and go, you know what, this is it then. And I find people up there, I was going to say, really laid back. That was my favorite part. Of it. Pretty laid back, and when we go camp and we head down to the the river down the Kenai, and and that's what it is. It's just you know you you check your phone and you're there for two three days, and it's just spending time with the family, having beers, uh, fishing. Um, it's been pretty pretty crazy. I took I had five of my buddies come up from uh, uh, from Boise at one time when I was playing up in the Anchorage, and uh, Millsy was one of the guys, and we ended up catching 574 pounds. I'll never forget this. Of filleted salmon in three days. No, and that's fishing. That's fishing with a fly pole, and right on the river from the bank. Does Millsy it ever? Was, Jeremy Milmock, we're talking about, crazy. by the way. Jeremy yeah. Milmock, who I believe is still yeah. head scout at Notre Dame or or whatever. You yeah, do. yeah, he's still living in Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, he's something. Yeah, he went to Wilcox, Saskatchewan. I mean, by the way, no, nothing against Wilcox, but Millsy was a golf pro, playing in like he kind of, to me, yeah. I, I see no reason to leave Idaho. I love Newfoundland, Scotty, but of all the places I ever played, I mean it. Getting back to yeah. like why you're there, like I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. The boys are there. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's perfect. Millsy, our buddy, he was there when we got there. He was this um, yeah. kind of stalwart. He was the leader. He was the captain. But he was a golf pro, so he did that in the summers. He had a great setup on the go. But now his kids, of course, have moved on, and they're uh, they're chasing their their pro hockey dreams. So I guess that's why he yeah. moved. Uh, but listen, and so coaching, this yep. is what, your sixth year coaching? Seventh? Ninth. Ninth. I, uh, I retired up in Anchorage as How an assistant for two years. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then I went to Spokane for six years, um, and then uh, now I'm here. Yeah. Came so here, was it uh, hard to leave? Was it hard to leave Spoke for, for six years? That's another nice place. Spoke's a lot like Boise for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it, it was hard to leave, but it's easy to leave when you don't have a contract. You didn't get uh, re-signed. So yeah. uh, my contract ran out, um, and uh, Dan Lambert uh, left. He got a job with uh, uh, Nashville uh, Predators NHL, uh, and then uh, Manny Viveros came in. He just got uh, uh, fired from uh, uh, Edmonton with the Oilers when Todd McClellan uh, left there. He got released there. Um, and, uh, they pursued him, uh, him and I had a, a, a meeting, 
Um, thought it was pretty good, but he wanted to go a different direction, and, and you can't you can't blame anyone. Uh, they want to go a different direction, so uh, he hired a different guy, and then uh, this opportunity here in in Boise presented itself, and it uh, it worked out. Came here, and it was uh, we had a really good year. We were we were solid special teams. We had a we had a great team, and I think uh, in all honesty, we we would have had a long run in the playoffs if uh, we got there. Again. Of course, that's what every coach is going to say. Or you'll get fired. Yeah, of course. If it wasn't for the coronavirus, man, we would have won the hurdle. I think we to win the Allen Cup. You know what? I think I was going to get called back up to Montreal. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to point we out destined. I was kidding because I'm sure I had you guys going there. So, Scotty, I'm going to tell a story now. Now, I'm in no way involving you because I know you're a coach. I'm going to tell these people. So, when I first went to Red Deer, I was excited. I was 19. It was 96, 97, and I was in Montreal. Uh, again, the team had me there because they didn't want me to play junior for the whole year and try city were in last place. And they wanted me to learn a bit by practicing. But, you know, after Christmas, Rajan Hull was like, we're going to send you back to junior. Where do you want to go? Because, you know, we'll get you traded. You're not going to go to try city and not make the playoffs. It doesn't make any sense. So I had some picks on the board and I picked red deer largely because I knew Scotty. I knew Aaron Asham. I knew Mike McBain and a little bit Jesse wall. And I'd met him. There yeah. might be another, maybe Lloyd Shaw from, taking knuckle sandwiches for four years but anyway <laughs> i went there so then it's always even though i'm kind of a big wheel because i'm coming from the nhl but you know you're nervous on another team just somewhat i won't say nervous like going out and oh i don't think i can play but i mean like walking into a dressing room right and i'm got my own kind of style going so i'm i don't know whether they and i've never been traded in my life i've, I've been someone i've always been accepted so it was weird to come in with 20 games left in the season so anyway, I go in and we get talking and we go out and me, you and, uh, and BJ, geez, of course, I knew BJ from Tri-City. So we all go out. I don't, I don't remember who was there, any, any number of the people I just mentioned. And then anyway, so I believe Wally, one of them, I won't say Wally, but one of them starts bringing up um, a road trip we're going on and a couple of girls that are coming, because in Tri-Cities, no one from Newfoundland, rarely Canada, even came to a game. It just seemed like you were on a different planet, right? Like, once you go over that border and I say I'm from Newfoundland, it, it could be Europe. Like, they, you know, a lot of them, <laughs> not, nothing against, it's just not, not taught in schools. You know what I mean? Like, we graduated in high school in Tri-City, and not, a lot of people were like, you know, we're, we still don't really understand the way Canada works. Fair enough, it's not in their school system. But anyway, Red Deer, what I loved about it is that all of a sudden now there's like literally people I just went to school with in Newfoundland and all kinds of Newfoundlanders that are working on the rigs and everything at the game. So the first game I come out, there's, I wasn't even dressed yet. The first game I got there, I wasn't dressed. And there was big Newfoundland flags. So I was like, and I saw a couple of girls and I still, you know, that I, that I was impressed with and I wanted to take out. So I still, you know, I wasn't really... I was in Tri-City, you got to be 21 to get to the bar. I lost my virginity in Quinell, but I really wasn't well-seasoned with women. I really wasn't. Back here, I went to an all-boys school for most of my childhood. So anyway, I really wanted to take these girls out, and we were, we were going to the mall, as we would, and there was a sex shop in there. And one of the boys convinced <laughs> me to get, because I said, you know, I want to take one of these girls out, but I'm still kind of not confident. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about the size of my penis. So anyway... So he gets a penis pump and he says, here, and he gives me the penis pump. Now I'm not, now Scotty had nothing to do with this, but we happen to be roommates. Okay. We happen to be roommates because <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. And I'm not how, this is my own goofball. And I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to put words or, or put her in a bad position, but let's say one of the billets one day, this is the, I haven't met anybody 
other than the guys on the team. And I just met him that one day and I went in the room. I went in the room there and I kind of tested out my penis pump. <laughs> and as I'm testing it out, can you remember? You, you just, I just no. yelled out. I, I told you in the car, I think. I think I yelled out, yeah. As I was testing it, someone that was over at the house that day, an, an adult, it was one of the billets, walked in. Oh. They walked in the room as I was trying to inflate my penis. That was day one. Oh. In the <laughs> now, don't comment. You were my roommate. Yeah, I know. I yeah, yeah. Last time I last time we went through Red Deer, I, I saw our old billets there. Did you? How are they doing? <laughs> well, Neil's still doing the uh, games. He's still doing the camera at the uh, Red the Deer way, Rebels game. Why didn't you go out? I actually saw them too. I dropped out. It was surreal dropping out because um, uh, I, and I saw all of them. They all looked, you know, just a little bit older. They were real nice. But I went out around where we used to live there. You know, yeah. we, we, we took out a couple of screws and they broke down. We lived on a farm, man. We lived on a farm. Rural Route 2, that's where it was. But I, anyway, yeah. the reason I went out for the Memorial Cup, I didn't see you. Uh, yeah, I, I know our group. Uh, there was a group of Spokane, uh, uh, like our staff went out there. But uh, I never, I never uh, really knew that guys were going back there you know i, I never got the See, i assumed everybody was well i, I know yeah, i assumed I, I everybody was know, so yeah i didn't know i didn't know many of the guys were going back at the time and i and we were yeah we were in uh, i was in spokane at the time but i didn't know many guys were going back at that me time. and ash uh, me yeah. and ash had played that year we played a year of senior hockey together in gander what a blast that was ash came over <laughs> we were flying in hey hey, hey hey scotty senior hockey we're flying in aaron we're flying him in from New York the year, the year, the year before he's in the Stanley cup final. The next year he's playing in Gander, Newfoundland. It's a grand balls Carax. It was so fun. It was so fun. But then towards the end of the year, he's like, let's go out, you know, the Memorial cup. So then we called the team. Yeah. I, I'm not sure yeah, how, it, no. how it went down, but I just assumed everybody would be there. Now, as it was yeah, no. Schmitty, Lance Ward, there, yeah. there was a few guys. We, we had a good time, but uh, yeah. yeah, I went back and, um, so and we had a shack. I had great billets in Tri-City. I was really fortunate and great billets in, in Red Deer. And we got there. And Scotty and I had the hole downstairs. We had a big screen. Yeah. We had a pool table. We had a hot tub. And we're not wing nuts, which is good. But they were, yeah. they were perfect because I know that Neil had had people there yeah. before. And, like, he had to get on them. Like, he knew that we'd have our two beer and go to bed. Right? And I'm not yeah. saying that because you're a coach. I'm not saying it. But we still were on our – and we were 19 and 20 there as juniors, yeah. right? So he really gave yeah. us that respect. We didn't – now, when I say we had fun, fun in Red Deer, we used to go out after the game. We used to celebrate goals. Uh, the coach would always – the coach gave us such a nice leash there that we never really yeah. got out of hand. I don't remember any chaos. Uh, it was just yeah. a great situation. It was like almost a bridge between being a boy and a man because we yeah. were 19. You remember the coach? You remember the coach? Rick Carrier. Rick Carrier. He's a scout for Edmonton now. A scout? He's a scout for the Oilers, yeah. Wow. So So I, I saw him. I think I saw him in, in, when I was going through uh, the Western League. He came in, uh, I think the last time I saw him was two years ago. He was in uh, Kelowna. Stuff Does he in look Kelowna. the same? I mean, I, I liked him oh, yeah. as a coach. A Is he... Yeah, yeah. Whiter hair, but same. Yep. And uh, Dougie yeah. Hobson was our assistant. Where's Dougie? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where he's at. 
Yeah, he was he was all right. And is is Ray, Radar still in Red Deer? I mean, he was there a couple of years ago. I see Ray. I saw Radar for six straight years when I was in the Western League. He's still there running the show. Yep. Radar, by the way, yep. is Dave Radar Horning. He's our. Horning. Yep. He was our equipment manager slash trainer back then. It was one guy did everything. He yep. yep. he he tape your stick. He he uh, tape your foot. Uh, whatever it might be. Now there's like six <laughs> people doing like one one it's person crazy. To, one person to do that. Um, yeah. And so uh, I'm loving this, Scotty. I don't even have anything written down uh, because I love catching buddy, up with you. Buddy, remember, you remember some of the ga- after the games, we used to go to Boston Pizza. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, Danielle was working there. My, yeah, we, so Danielle and I are split we, up. We used to go to the far one. Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. I'm cutting you off. Go ahead. Yeah, we used, to go, we used to go to the far one so our coaches couldn't find us. And we always used to get those team pitchers. Yes. And we used to crush beers there. Team and pitchers. Then, and, by, by team pitchers, yeah. we mean pitchers of oh, beer. Oh, big one. Yeah. We weren't posing in San Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I remember one time, I remember one time you gave Neil like 100 bucks or whatever it was, 200 bucks, said, Neil, go get us some beer. Get us 10 flats of beer. <laughs> Neil went, after a game, we were going to Boston Pizza, and – we ended up having a kind of a get together with the guys. Ten yeah. flats of beer. There was like five guys. <laughs> <laughs> had like three beers. That was it. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want it because you were coaching junior last year on the tiptoe. But you know, guys are 19 and 20, and it was a different era. Oh, yeah. I say to people, yeah. I'm like, it was a different era. That oh, was my- normal. I, I say it now to people, and they almost think, oh, like what coaches did you have? I'm like, no, Rick Carrier was good. Rick Carrier, I remember coming to me, and I, now I guess just the the thought of alcohol but like i remember him saying Funny. terry i know that you tread the line so he's like there's a there's you know how, he would come to me after a game and say you know what you want to take the boys out you got till 12 tonight he didn't yeah. care what we no. he just assumed we were going to keep it under wraps and we never did oh, yeah. we were getting bar fights or you know there was none of that shit do you, do you remember us getting stuck in moose jaw oh, and we had those little those little homes that we oh all stayed God. in, <laughs> and we had to sneak out to we had to sneak out to the liquor store. <laughs> we had like a party in one of them. Do you remember that? Oh, do I remember it? Do I remember it? And then, <laughs> and at the rink, I got remember I got a bunch of their girlfriends' phone numbers. Can you remember that? <laughs> Can you remember? And I took my stereo. Yeah. So me and Jesse Wallen, we were there, and we were on the way back. It was a snowstorm or something. And on the side of the street, I don't know yeah. where this was. This could have been anywhere between Moose Jaw and Red Deer. <laughs> But on the yeah. side of the road, there was these cabins, and you could hear yep. the bus was gone, and the guy's like, ah, oh, man, we're down on gas. Everybody was pissed off, so we're like, we're acting upset. Well, Rick, you know, okay, give us this section over here, and, you know, we'll meet you in the morning, you know, kind of like we're pissed off, and then right away, boom, booze, 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 booze. I took my stereo <laughs> out of my bag, took it down into the, into the room. I took my stereo, and then we invited the girls over. So that <laughs> happened, and then I, I don't – someone else on our team is going to be listening to this, and you can correct me where I'm wrong. I don't. I remember the Moose Jaw Warriors were pissed off. Uh, some guys on their team. I didn't even realize it was their girlfriends. But I mean, it was the Moose Jaw. There was not many people at the game that particular night. It was a shitty night. Where, where weren't there our tribal oh, year. And there was good-looking girls. So I guess you know, chances are they're with the Warriors. But I didn't know that. Anyway, they came over and had a good time. Uh, real good time. And um, anyway, <laughs> I remember a few of the boys being upset. But pre-social media, it was harder to track us down. You just had to turn off your phone and throw it in the corner. How would they know where we were? We were like an hour and a half outside of Moose Jaw. No, where we were. What a time, though. <laughs> How did we? Oh, win? yeah. That was... We lost that year to Lethbridge. And um, Lethbridge lost in the Memorial Cup final. And yeah. We, we, do you, if you when remember. When I said we lost to them, we didn't lose four straight 10 nothing. 
No. We lost six, in six, game six. Four, four were overtime. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. We had, you know what? A lot of the teams in the championships I've won, um, you've you've worked your tail off on the ice, and you've had so much fun off the ice. Every team, I swear to God, every team uh, I've been on, we've always made runs. And I should count six championships with all the finals I've been in. I, I, three's good. Um, you always want more. But I always look back at those teams. And we had so much fun on the ice. We had so much fun off the ice. Yes, and true. it really was. It, it was it was crazy. Um, but you're right. We were in – remember in Sw- uh, Swifty? And, and you, I mean, you talked about it on Twitter before there. The goal that you scored, guys, watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump the puck. I'm going to do a fake dump and score. <laughs> and that was a part that was in the playoffs. It was in the you know playoffs. I mean? So we beat out Swift, who had Larson. They were a top team. Oh yeah, and, then, and they had Rocky Thompson, then, who was one of the toughest. Yep. We were tough, but oh yeah, when we yeah, when you battled back Josh then Green in the playoffs, there, yep. there was fighting and, and hitting were part of it. And uh, oh we, yeah, they had a deadly team. Well, yeah, I, I believe they finished ahead of us in the standings because we opened up in, in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you go to left. I mean, look who Lethbridge had: uh, Shane Willis. They had Peerington. Like yeah. they weren't they weren't no no. Uh, uh, Byron Ritchie they was there. They, yeah, Byron Ritchie was a great junior. And they could score. Kirby Law could fight. They could score. Kirby like, Law, Mike Joseph. We we battled. Yeah, like it was crazy. So, um, um, if you go back, did they? Was it? Did they make a deal with? Uh, they got Chris, Chris Phillips. Phillips? Okay, Shane so Willis. A big deal. Toss, yeah. Chris Phillips Phillip and Shane Toss. Willis. Yeah. People forget yeah. Shane Willis. Shane Willis had 30 go close to. Look, I'm not even looking this up, but I know because I couldn't believe he was at that best ever thing. He was good. Yeah, he and yeah, he made people he made forget the, about uh, him. Scott Stevens, I believe, rocked his world when he was like 23, and I believe yeah. I've I've talked about him in the preamble. And you know what? I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. He was underrated yeah. and he's for, forgotten about. Yeah. And that guy could score. Not much else. Yeah. Couldn't do much else. Yep. But he could. Up and down winger could score. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Reminded yep. me of Michael Ryder a little bit. He was a right hand shot. Yeah. Um, I think Ryder's had a bit better of a shot, but woof, Willis was good. So, so if you go back, you rewind this a little bit, how much fun we had on the ice in Red Deer. And it kind of, it kind of escalated to the fans. Because yeah. if you remember, every time we scored, they I, I want to say they blew up these uh, beach balls, and they would every time we scored, beach balls were on the ice. Is that is that yeah. true? Is that? Oh my God! Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that, that you was know what why. I mean? And it was so many. Well, I told this story. Crazy. So you know, you were there. I don't know. I tell this story once in a while, and honestly, like I don't go usually a long time without talking to Scott. We we live a lot. Like last year, for example, I went to Tri City, and Spokane were playing, and he's assistant coach. Um, you know, we always we catch up. Might might be a couple of years, but anyway. Anyway, point being, what 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 were you asking me about again? Where the fuck did I go with that? What were oh we no, we about? were talking. We were talking about. We were talking about the uh, beach balls. Oh oh yes. So, do you remember? Can you verify that that's my move? That Alexander Ovechkin fucking hot stick move is my move. Do you remember that, Scotty? That was my move, and I'll tell you. I don't know if I. Re- <laughs> Do you know when, when Ovechkin did that, when he got his 50th, right, and he did that hot stick thing? So yeah. Jeff Merrick was working at Hockey in Canada. Now he's at Sportsnet, and he phoned me. Yeah. And he said, I saw you do that in Red Deer. Red Deer. And then he, he tried to figure it out. And then sure enough, you know what the common denominator is? Well, the year after Red Deer, I went to Fredericton, and I used to do it in Fredericton. And Jose Theodore got traded from Montreal to Washington, and he told Ovechkin about it. I'm not kidding. Uh, That's how it came from. Now, because uh, when, when you say celebrating – 
We would. Oh my God. Uh, I'm going to post some of this. I've I just got the v, oh, I got the VHS tape over there right now. I got to convert it. I've been talking on this for so long, and I don't think people. I had people believe me. Victoria Matiash, ESPN reporter, she was on. A, she's a friend of mine. who was on a few episodes ago, and she goes, "I know you hate that stuff, the celebrating and that." I'm like, "What? You should have seen our oh, team. Boy. We were. Oh, boy. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, that was one that I did." Ash was riding his stick around like Tiger Williams, but then there was the blind man. BJ did the blind man. The blind man, when you you you, you turn your stick around, and oh, yeah. the, the, the heel, and you're kind of just and you close your eyes and you're waving it all over. The Chichi Rodriguez, I brought Buddy, that you one used out. to you, you used to take your helmet off and bowl. Yeah, I used to take before before the uh, uh the Carolina uh, Hurricanes do their uh, it was yeah storm surge. You used to do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did, I think I want to say I want to say we ended up so playing on TSN was huge back then. You remember yeah. that? We had a TSN game against uh, Brandon, and it was a big deal because you know it was like once a week. It was either a Western League team, OHL team, Q team. Um, to get on that, it was it was a big deal, and we big got deal. on that that year against Brandon. And I swear to God, I think he scored a goal. We ended up beating him like six five or something crazy. And I think I think. He, I think every single guy that scored did something crazy. <laughs> it was, like, it was. It was like, there's the pile. We just skate off. It was. They come back to the pile. And you then we mean? realized, because I remember Lloyd Shaw when I got there and he stood up. He goes, "Guys, they're they're gonna we're gonna have to throw the mitts a lot." And then like five or six games in, people were liking it. We're like, you look around the room, like we got the toughest. Oh yeah. Team. So who cares? <laughs> so then it just became. Then it was going right over in front of the benches and hamming oh, yeah. it up. Oh God! Yeah, the bowling, the curler. We were, um, which was again. We talk about it in total uh, in, in ter- positivity and endearment because it was a fucking awesome time. But uh, I don't even know what you used to call it. But it, it was like the beetle when you flip a beetle upside down and your legs like flip because they want to flip <laughs> over. Yeah, you just skate down the ice on your back and do like the beetle. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck yeah. the beetle! The, the fans I loved about it. About the beetle, fucking Nashy, good <laughs> practice, Vladimir Bednash, wherever you are. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. We had uh, we had some good times for sure. God damn oh, it, yeah. We gotta get. Yeah, I mean, got to hey, get bro. back together. We gotta get the boys together, man. Why do we want to be sixty-five? Bro, you got you got to bring you got to bring up the uh, uh, the time you needed a vehicle because I kept on driving to the rink. You're like, buddy, I need to go get a truck. Let's go buy a truck. Yeah. So we went and bought a truck and with, cash. Like, with cash. Yeah, on the with cash. With cash. Yeah, yeah. It, this is this is too plain. This is too plain. I need to get a mural on the back of it. A mural. <laughs> on the way to practice. Devil. Yeah. On the way to and practice. Then, okay, so that goes through. Then you're like, you know what? I need a stereo. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was... so you went and got some beatbox stereo to put in that thing. And then, if you remember, we used to go. We get bored at the house sometimes. We'd be like, you know what? Let's go check out this little town. You remember that? We come. Innisfail. We used to drive the back. I love we the. Roads, Alberta. There's Highway One, whatever it is, and then there's like you just go off into grids, and you just you can right. go west, and yeah, we would go. Okay, let's go in this and direction. We go to yeah, we go have a bar, uh, we go to a bar, and there'd be like two people there. We yeah. just have a quick beer, and then we'd head back. Oh yeah, you know what? We went for a drive. It was almost like we went for drives. It was crazy. It was we do you, honestly, Scotty, we <laughs> used to go for drives. I'm glad you remember that. I tell people, yeah. I'm, oh yeah, I don't know if I've ever did it with. Anybody else, but we would get up and go, yeah, let's get a coffee yeah. and go for a drive. Like we were 65 yeah. years old. 
<laughs> yeah, it's exactly like it's a Sunday drive. And you know what? And I love those back roads in Alberta. Those of you that live there know what I'm talking about. There's the main drag going right down, and there's Edmonton, Calgary, Red Deer's right in between. Yeah. And that thing is always going. It's a huge four lane highway. There's shit going. But the minute you veer off and you like Bentley, for example, or Rim, Rimby or these places are, we didn't really know where any of it was. We were just driving around the back roads, and if we yeah. no GPS, no nothing. Yeah, oh, nothing. That looks like an establishment. Let's go yeah. in. Yeah, it was mile house. Where are we? Yep. I don't know where we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great, and just go and use a yeah. jukebox and not know where you are. Yeah, and yeah. and turn around. Um, no, that's we got to do it. We got to get back. We got to get back. Yeah. Um, yeah, Scotty, is, what were your championships that you won? I know the. Uh, yeah, a lot of the fans uh, of the podcast are going to want to know. Uh, I know the one yeah. here in Boise. Tell me about the other two. Uh, I won my first one here in Boise. Actually, I won two here. Uh, I want to say it was 07 and 11. And then uh, 14, no, it would have been 04, 07 here in Boise. And then uh, I went uh, up to Alaska um, and uh, won another one up there. Yeah, so we lost my first West uh, West Coast Hockey League. My first year here, we lost in Game Seven to San Diego, um, and then uh, the oh, next that. year we lost in Double OT Game Six to Fresno in the finals. Then I went in here. Um, then I won a second one here. Went up to Alaska the first year, in a, or I went to Utah. We lost in the conference finals. Then went to Alaska. We lost in Game Seven. Um, up there in the finals to South Carolina where uh, Jared Bednar, uh, Reimer, they had a pretty stacked team. They beat us in the finals there. And then Same two primer. years later, yeah, yeah. And I then didn't know two he years was there. later, yeah, two years later, yeah, they were with uh, um, uh, Washington, still are. And then two years later, I won, uh, won my cup, my last cup up in, uh, in Anchorage and then uh, retired. Yeah. Got into coaching. Uh, spent two years up there coaching. When I left, the year I left to go to Spokane, they ended up winning again. So if I would have stayed, I would have won another cup. But uh, pretty good opportunity to go to Spokane, the Western League, and, and uh, kind of went from there. Northwest USA, by the way, is a favorite, my favorite part of the United States, and you seem to consistently stay in that area, which is awesome. Um, how do you like coaching? Uh, I love it. Love it. Had the opportunity to work with uh, men after I retired and then uh, back to junior players, which uh, I got some some uh, good players that I could tie Smith, uh, Anderson Dole, and kid who just won the MVP in the Western League, uh, Adam Beck. So I had some good young players uh, that you guys will see in the NHL in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, compare hockey pro to, to, you know, junior hockey, it's, you're almost like the parents drop the kids off for seven, eight months and throughout their adolescent years, you're a part of their, mm. their lives. And, and as they grow up, it's, you're the father figure and, and the head coach. And cause you're on the, you're, you're with these guys 24 seven and it's, it's for seven, eight straight months. You're on a bus, you're at a hotel and, and these kids got to grow up. Some of these kids are 16 years old and they got to grow up. Right. So, um, and you want to mature these kids, um, and we always say we, we want these guys to turn out to be pros. So when they get to the next level, they're mature, they're ready to go. They can jump in at 18, 19, 20, and now they're playing the NHL. So you want to want to have a program where you can uh, make these young guys pros. So uh, that was awesome. And then you come back here, um, and now I'm, I'm working with men again. So that's awesome. Now you're working with guys that are – had a couple guys uh, that were in the Western League last year 
to older guys that are now, uh, shit, they're 28, 29, married. It, it's, it's pretty crazy. So uh, it's, it's fun both ways. I think when you tell an older guy uh, something, you only need to tell them two or three times. A younger kid, you're telling them 50 times. So, uh, and the younger kid, you're, you're kind of, you're the younger kid. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I find you're, you're almost, you're also not parenting, but you're, you're really being, being a little bit of a father figure, showing them about yeah. life as well. I've often said yeah. like, because six or seven months ago, coaches got a bad rap and for, for good reason at the time, but I didn't like how they all went under the same umbrella. Like you remember Bob Laux was my coach. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Bob, Brutus. Yeah. Brutus and little Brutus. It, his methods weren't – I didn't find them over the top. Compared with today, maybe. I remember losing in Seattle like 10 to 1, and he bagged us when we got home. It was like 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That might seem barbaric now, but he wasn't the guy. But don't lump that into someone being racist or uh, homophobic or something, which, which happened with some coaches recently. So I'm like, you know, it was a different school, but I liked Bob for the because I could phone him. If it was at the rink. He was definitely hard, uh, not ignorant though, and, and not uh, mean or nothing. Just he was a hard coach. He wanted you to work hard for him. If you did, he'd reward you. But he was also the coach that would phone you and go, listen, are you having a good time then? Are you all right? What do I need to do? Do you need a tutor? Yeah. Right? Do yeah. you need another billet? What do you need? And a coach in junior, I always needs to be aware of that. And most are, most are. And I hope people realize that. Did you find yourself expecting that role scotty and and am i right i i'm i could be speculating i haven't coached junior but do you have the more like show them how to grow up lead them way lead the way yeah absolutely and i think back in the day it was a little bit different i mean i played for don knockbar 20 plus years ago in seattle and i coached with him in spokane so wow, he yeah. he had yeah and he had to change like it, it's it's absolutely crazy from back in the day and you're right like I think that the coaches back in the day were more tougher, more tougher on us. And it was almost like, um, this is how you do it. You're going to do it. And that's how we grew up. That was, that was our era. Yeah. We had, we had the bag skates. We, we had the no pucks. We, we had the discipline. All right. Now you got to take it back about five different gears and you got to explain everything to the kids. Why are we doing this? Why is there no pucks? This is what we're going to do. Um, and yeah. you got it. You almost got to present it to these young uh, um, hockey players, even guys that I uh, nowadays, there's more video. You have to present it, um, and the coaches that continue um, that get better and grow as coaches, it's their presentation to the group now. Um, compared to uh, nowadays, it's not overly going in and screaming at the guys like we used to get singled out and yeah and and, and freaked on, and you were like, holy shit, yes. I, I, I got to get going. Like, holy, and you know, yes, yes, now you know it's what? like. Yes. Hold, now it's like pull the guy out to the uh, to the um, hallway and say, "Hey, listen, you got to get going." And then you can go in, you can present it to the group, but the guy already knows. Or if you're doing video, hey, listen, you're bringing a guy in to show him the clips that we have to present to the group before, so he doesn't get singled out and then crawl into a shell. So he knows that's coming, and you can now actually ask the guys, "Hey, listen, why don't we explain this to the group?" I could say, "Hey." Um, John Doe, why don't you explain this? What did we do wrong here? He's already seen the clips. I've already explained the clips to him, so he knows what's coming. He can explain it to the group. Now you're in, now you're involving the player that of, of this era into the group, into the, the team meeting. So now the players respect you more about that rather than just screaming at the kids from back now, in the day. You know I, I mean? This is my thing. I totally agree with you. 
And I find that a much better approach. I wish it was on the go when we were younger more. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but like, I don't fault Bob Laux because that was the train of thought at the time. Um, no. it's, it's like often I've, I've heard goalie coaches that were around in the nineties or wherever. I remember them saying, you know, some of them were stumped at why butterfly goalies didn't happen earlier. Well, I'm like, well, they didn't have masks on. So to go down in that position would have been almost suicide at some time. So <laughs> One thing has to happen before the next thing. You know, it doesn't just, everything doesn't happen in one day. And then all of a sudden when masks came in, it was a little more natural for a goalie to go down. And now you could be a butterfly. Oh, and you're going to give me a chest protector? Oh, okay. Now, okay. Now it just makes sense to do this. You know, I wasn't going to do it before. It's the same thing. Now that makes total sense. And with the video and and the evolvement of the video coaching and group meetings. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have those group video. Although, although, although how far ahead of the curve were Team Canada because they had it. That's the only oh, yeah. thing I had. Was that the, what's yeah. that camp I was telling you about? We Day-by-day <laughs> yeah. day yeah. video. V- and v- yeah, VHS and all we that. kind of yeah. did. I mean, it happened here and there. When I got to the NHL, it was a thing. In Montreal, yeah. that was a thing. But even, I think Alan Vigneault thought that he was being cutting edge, and maybe he was. But that was the first I kind of heard of it. Now every team in every league has a video coach. Oh, God. Yeah. They should. Uh, okay, so, Scotty, it's... I've had you pulled over on the side of the road, nonetheless, for almost an hour. <laughs> Costco. <laughs> uh, for almost an hour. Uh, I got some questions uh, here. I just tossed it out on my uh, <clears throat> social media that I would have you on. So a couple of questions. Carl in Sault Ste. Marie once, once again wants to know, this is the third, third guest he's asked, have you been in a, in a fight off the ice? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember training. I'll, I'll give you this one. I remember training in Edmonton. Do you remember the name Steve Cheridere? Of course. Stevie Cheridere played, played a few yeah. games with me and Freddie. Now he's down in New Orleans. Yep. Married a girl yep. down there. I remember Cherry, myself, uh, Josh Green. We were all training at Jason Norrie. We were all training together in, um, in Edmonton. I remember one night. It was a Friday night. We were at the Cowboys in Edmonton. Yeah. And we were getting a hot dog, and then boom, we just got cold cocked, and and uh, it was an all-out brawl, and and uh, we ended up. I think I had a black eye. Cherry ended up having staples. Uh, Cherry told me about this story, by the way. Yeah, we ended up we ended up showing up on Monday morning, and and our trainer said, "What happened to you guys?" And uh, yeah, we ended up getting a brawl outside of. I remember Cowboys. being in Freddie, and uh, Cherry and I talked <laughs> a little bit. I was there with Chris Smith. Yeah. And yeah. Steve cheered Eric, and Cherry goes, oh, you know Birdie? And he, he got into this big story, and there you go. Here it is again yeah. 20 years later. Yeah, um, and then there was, a, there was a couple other ones. When I used to go to play uh, uh, softball in the summers up in Chetwin, we'd go to, like, Grand Prairie and all that. And, um, they, didn't, they didn't like us as much, so we ended up uh, getting a few brawls outside after a few cocktails. <laughs> just So, yeah, just so, a yeah there's, a, there's a yes there, yeah. Uh, other than Wade, any other siblings? Uh, I'm a, I have a younger brother in uh, in Kelowna, uh, works at a dealership there. And, and my brother Wade is actually in the hockey. He, he runs a hockey academy in Edmonton. Um, and then, yeah, and then he does, uh, it's called 200 Hockey, uh, where he does uh, skill development, all that kind of stuff. He, he evaluates a lot of the uh, um, uh, associations there in Edmonton. So he's actually uh, he's doing really good. Yeah. All, all, all after he was never drafted in Western Hockey League, played four years, ended up going to the University of Alberta, playing there, winning a the championship. So did pretty good for himself. 
Oh yeah, beautiful. Not that uh, yeah. not that University that of in. Alberta at that time was shy on championships. No they kidding. Won, they won like five in ten years or something. <laughs> uh, are they still a, a big threat? Yeah, they they got knocked out this year. We, we keep an eye on that stuff. They That's got knocked I out asked. this year by UBC. Yeah, I yep, saw that they got knocked UBC, out this year yeah. by UBC. That would yeah. never happen in my day ever. UBC yeah. were bottom of the barrel, and University of Alberta yeah. were unbelievable. As is was yeah. that a is that a trend now, or is that is this was this just an off year? Yeah, I think it was an off year. They they had a solid team. They I don't know what it was. They they play a, a best of three. Uh, it was in uh, University of Alberta and. Uh, yeah, UBC was was on a roll at the end, and and they ended up. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate that this this whole pandemic uh, happened because they were. I, I want to say they ended up going to the uh, whatever they play a CIAS or CIS uh, championship tournament. But um, yeah, they had a good run, and and uh, they just got hot, and that's how it kind of went. Scotty, uh, how'd you lose your tooth? Did you lose it like I did? No. Did you smash <laughs> them out of your head? Scotty was no. there, by the way, for all you listeners. <laughs> for all you listeners that called me bullshit for knocking my teeth out of my head with a fucking sledgehammer, this guy was there. Anyway, how did you lose yours? <laughs> Columbia Village Apartments, that's where you're at. We, oh, is that what it was called? The Columbia <laughs> Village Apartments. Wow, great yeah. memory. Is that still there? No, it's still there, but our players don't stay there. They, uh, they moved them. Actually, this year was the first year they moved them. They were still staying there, and they were like old lady stuff, yeah. Wow, so no 20 more. years, 20 years. Now, I like that little complex. So it, for yeah, those that cool, don't know, yeah. so we, there was a complex, you know, in a communal, like, pool area and shit. You know, most those East Coast League teams have that, and they pay for your room and board, and everybody gets a place within these. So anyway, that, that, that's why, because people have asked me, why were there women and children there? That's why, because the people lived there. So once I smashed yeah. my teeth out and I hit my face, it was just blood everywhere. So, yeah, and, and you know, so everybody got together. Chris Graff and Jeremy yeah. Oblonsky to have they had a fridge full of beer. There was just natural light beer. That was it. Can you remember that? <laughs> just beer. Yeah. Ma- matter of fact, I, I talked to Graffer here a few years ago, and I saw Yabo this past year in in uh, in Texas. He came down to our game in Allen. Uh, but how I'll go back to I'll go back to that. How I lost my tooth. I was on a breakaway. Uh, I was getting kind of hooked from behind. The guy popped his uh, stick, uh, popped my tooth out, and, and uh, had to pull it after the game and. Play the next night so you know I was what? sitting in i was i remember you i was sitting in the dentist chair with milsey <laughs> really we look like bro- we look like brothers milsey and i were sitting there he ended up uh, getting his teeth uh had to get his teeth fixed that night as well that's hilarious um yeah so oh yabo yabo we were just talking about yabo so is yabo is not in where is he he's he's, he's not in idaho Okay, I know. I know he goes back there once in a while. This guy's MMA Love too. Him. For those who don't know, just look up Jeremy Yablonski and his fights with Nasty Morasti is just—it's silly. It's not even so. Those are silly fights. But then one year he he actually did some MMA and he came back and kicked the shit out of a guy in Boise. It did, Twice, yeah. The clip is right times, there. Yeah. Just YouTube, but it's right there. But um, who's your oh Graffer? So Chris Graff, tough yeah, guy by I the wanna, way. But by the way, yeah. before we go any further, you guys out there wonder, you wonder who can beat. Zdeno Chara in a fight. Now type in yeah. Chris Graff, who's 5'11", yeah. versus yeah. Zdeno Chara. Check it out. You're welcome. Um, okay. Yeah. What, yeah. Where Graffer lives in Spoke, doesn't he? Uh, he was in Spoke, and I think, he, I think he moved back to Edmonton. He got a job in Edmonton. But, yeah, he married a Boise girl. Um, oh, did he? Moved to Spokane. Yeah, yeah, played his junior in Spokane then. Uh, him and I ended up talking, and then uh, out of the blue, he just 
up and moved to Edmonton. So he's back in Edmonton. And Yabo's in, Yabo's in uh, just outside of uh, Texas, and he's doing some kind of uh, special forces stuff. Yeah, he's he's. Is he? That doesn't surprise me one bit. I can see yeah, him just. Yeah, but so for those like of you yeah, that guard stuff, yeah. heard of Jeremy Oblonsky, he's a killer. I mean, and he played an yeah. NHL game. Do you know how tough you have to be? I'm not insulting him. On that skill set, which was, which was a four out of ten, he made the NHL. That's how tough he is. I mean, yeah. a fucking killer. And I, I don't think he'd think I'm putting yeah. him down because he wasn't a skill guy, and he'll tell you that. Oh, no. But, oh, my goodness. So listen to this, though, Bertie, before I let you go. We're playing in Idaho that year, and I don't know if you remember this. Yabo's like, yeah, you got to meet my dad. So we went out for dinner, Oh yeah. his yeah. dad had no arms. Do you remember yeah. this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So his dad had no oh, arms, and I'm going, yeah. I don't mind. We're like, you know, I've had a, a couple of beers. We're into it. I'm like, you know, it's just a question. Like, these are tough people. I can tell by the lingo. So I'm just like, yeah. you know what? Elephant out of the room here, Mr. Jablonski. How'd you lose your arms? So yeah. he goes, good question. Good question. He's out on the farm and he's bailing these hay. And you know those like mechanical, I don't know. Combine, what they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on the farm and they, yeah. they wind up the hay. Yeah. So it was jammed. So he went over to get it unjammed and it pulled him in. And when it pulled him in, it clipped his arms off. But if yep. he, because he's into the machine now, but if he pulled out right away, he goes, I knew if I pulled out, my arms would come off and I'd bleed to death. And I'm like, whoa. And he's like, because I thought about it. I don't have arms anymore. He said, as soon as I come out of here, so I can't dial the phone. I can't do any of that, what I want to do. But as he's saying it, he's still got his arms. They're just in the thing that they're connected. But he knows that he's not going to keep them. But he's in, you know what I mean? The thing came down on him. So he's kind of yeah. jammed in the machine. So as he's sitting there with his arms, knowing that if he leaves, he's not going to have them. So he waited there for like six or seven hours. Yeah. And his wife was coming home. Yeah, I will tell you this. And this stuck with me. Yeah. I'm not too far off. Obviously, I don't know exactly how much time, but it was like, it was hours. True. And she yeah, came true. back. Yeah, yeah. And she came back and found him and then called the, called the uh, poli- or ambulance herself. Ambulance show up. Mr. Jablonski goes in. They, they fix him and he lives, but he just had two like, you know, fake arms. He's I got, couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, he's got, he's got one arm completely off, and then uh, I think the other one comes up to his uh, uh, yeah. uh, elbow, his elbow, and he's got like a, yeah. Imagine. And that's how tough that family is. I was the going, holy shit. Like, no wonder, oh, yeah. Yabo. No wonder. I mean, that yeah. sucks for his father, but can you imagine being a kid who's already half tough and you see that? Like, oh, that's yeah. superhero type shit. Right? Like, that is <laughs> unbelievable. And Yabo told me, he goes, and, you know, he wasn't really even shaken by it. I'm like, what? How the fuck are you not? It's one thing. I could go, like, it's one thing to go through it, and if you don't react, maybe it's shock. But to do that and just ho-hum like it's nothing? And he was like, well, you know, know, we got money. I'm happy with it. It's it's fine. Like, you know, I could have died, and I realized that. I'm going, wow. Anyway. That's Jeremy Oblonsky, and that's the Oblonsky family. Bertie, what are you oh, doing yeah. now? What's your, how are you doing during the COVID, and what's your plans in the immediate future? I do a lot of video, I assume. Yeah, I've been, uh, been doing these. NHL's been putting on these coaching webinars, so I've been watching those on uh, three times a week. And, and we're just trying to prepare. We're, we should be in our second round of playoffs right now, so uh, it's a little bit earlier. We're, we're just uh, putting lists together for players that we're going to contact and, and uh, building a team for next year. Uh, in the meantime, uh, any interviews and whatnot, I've, my name's out in a few places right now. So 
uh, just see what happens and, and uh, go from there. Isn't your number retired in Boise? Yeah, I got retired a couple of years ago. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad. I yeah. honestly, that's only from yeah. watching social media. That's a huge yeah. congrats. You, you really deserve that. I was going to make man. a joke, but I'm not making a joke. That that's a real <laughs> accomplishment from the kid that I saw with the orange socks and his Soyuz. <laughs> he didn't know his fucking head from his hole, and now he's fucking a professional hockey coach after an established career, three championships, and a retired number. That's unbelievable. What I'm going to leave you with, Scotty. What I'm going to leave you with is you know you the idea of pay it forward and you know positive karma and positive energy is addictive well i'm going to tell you something that i don't know if you know so about four or five years ago you were at a conference in calgary hockey canada and you met my buddy who's an equipment manager david roper right <laughs> you do you know Absolutely. where david, do you know where david is now so i lost uh, scotty for a second there um Dylan, if you catch that, uh, clean it up, edit it. If not, don't worry about it. Listen to me. Um, anyway. Okay, so. Roper. So, Roper. Um, so, you meet Roper at this conference. Do you know where David is now? Yeah, he's like one of the assistant uh, trainers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He certainly is. So, Scotty, and I don't know. I think you opened that door for him, though, down there, didn't you? So, my buddy Dave Roper is yeah, from Mount Pearl. I did. And he's great at what he does. So Roper grew up in Mount Pro with our whole group, and he wasn't quite good enough to make the all-star hockey team. He knows the game real well, though. But like when yeah. you're like 12, 13 years old, you can't really be a GM, can you? Right? That, that was his mind. But, yeah. but he could – so, you know, he had buddies, Brad Sturge, Ryan Clough was one of his good buddies. So, like, but David would just be around the rink. So he ended up kind of learning how to sharpen skates. I don't want to say, like, fill water bottles because we never disrespected him. Like, fill the water bottles, but – well, maybe at times joking, but you know, he, <laughs> yeah. over the years, he and, and he was a big part of a lot of championships because he was right. even in like we, we the Herder championship here was a lot of pro guys. It's the league Aaron had played in. Well, great Roper was great as a trainer because he also knew a bit about the game. He might go to the coach, you know, shouldn't you put two centers out? It's the end of the game, three seconds yeah. left. Uh, you know, like little things like that. Yeah, and he, he loved, love, love the game. So. um uh, and he wanted to get going. He was he was thinking about going to the Quebec Major Junior League because again we all played hockey. By the time we're like twenty five and I'm five years older, but the time by the time Roper's in his mid twenties, he's really good at all this stuff because he hangs out with us basically and you know plays ball hockey and everything with us too, baseball. So anyway, he he goes down. I, you I, I don't know how it happened, but you suggested maybe the Southern Pro League to him, didn't you? Yeah, he was he was our trainer. I was down there helping out with uh, Hockey Canada, and he was also down there. And uh, we just started talking. And Mount Pearl came up. Your name came up. We just kind of hit it off, and and he just made me laugh every single day. So I asked him what he what his aspirations were and whatnot. And I said, Hey, listen, if I have an opportunity and I hear anything, let me uh, let me help you out. And, um, I heard uh, Louisiana was looking for a uh, a, a trainer. Um, so I got a hold of the guy in Louisiana and, and just said, hey, listen, I called Ropes, got a hold of Ropes and said, hey, listen, go apply here, put your name in, uh, see what happens. I think he was there for two years and then they folded. Um, and then he just went from there. He went I up think to Norfolk. Went to Norfolk. Yeah, he yeah went to Norfolk right. He went up like to Norfolk and Robbie yeah. Fitorek is there. Yeah. And like I yeah. said, I'm because he would, you know, yeah. Rope, Rope is a pretty modest guy. He wouldn't get too far into it. But, he would, you know, we're, we're like real, real good friends, like real good yeah. friends. I don't go three days without talking to Rope. So. He uh, he went up and, and you know, Fatorik's the same way. Fatorik is is a pretty good guy, likes to have a beer, but um, you know, really 
likes the game when he wouldn't be a coach if not but roper there so roper is is a trainer that's really in, involved and interested and 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 personable to talk to and interesting yeah. so they ended up just hanging out a lot and roper yeah. did his job and was there every day and was good at what he did again he's good at what he did he had to be good but then sure enough right and i because robbie fatoric and lou lamorello were friends from the jersey days so yeah. um you know one thing led to another and now again the hockey world's yeah. a small world if you're doing a good yeah. job, but that's that's how the road can be. He took kind yeah. of a player's road, you know. You go from the you go from single yeah. A to double A yeah. to the NHL. Yeah. So it, it's a wild route. I don't know of any other equipment manager. Most are kind of from somewhere and get into it where they're from, and then go like I don't know many that would travel down south to do it. A rope did it, man. Yeah. And he stuck with it, and you know he might have a Stanley Cup someday. Who knows? It's wild. Yeah, no, he's uh, that's what it is. I think if you you put your mind to it and you, you continue to, uh, to go and you believe in, in the path that you're on, uh, good things happen. And, uh, you know, he, he worked his tail off and he, he's worked up to the show, you know? So, I just find Roper, it funny, honestly, I don't know, that no, you know I was going to say, because you're like, you go way back. Like who would have known ropes five years younger than me. So like <laughs> I was in red deer with you and I leave yeah. and you know, we're there and we're in the same house where the nucleus of our lives are right there in Red Deer, Alberta, Rural Route 2 for 96, 97, that hockey season. And, we're, we keep, and then I go and you, my way and you go your way. And yep. not far from that very place, 20 years later, a friend that I've made at home, you know, that, yeah. that's yeah. just yeah. as close to me at home as you and I were, goes to a yeah. place completely unrelated. I'm not there. Meets you. And then yeah. you guys hit it off. And one thing leads to another. And he ends up now in Toronto where I have friends. Yeah. And it's just wild. I find that absolutely wild. When he came home and he said, Scott Burt, I honestly nearly had to take a knee. I was like, how small is it? The world. It's crazy. The hockey world, the small world, man. You know, one guy, he knows someone, they know someone. And then all of a sudden it's a big circle for sure. Yeah, this reminds, this reminds me of when we used to sit at Neil's and Bears like because I had you on here for your interview and I I spoke at least as much as you did, but you know that about me. <laughs> and I'm on coffee. If I was it goes one way or the other, I, I gotta quit doing coffee during these interviews because I'm just wound the fuck up. I need, I need to maybe have a beer. Uh, but anyway, great to have you on. I don't even want to go, awesome, but we man. got to. It's been more than an hour, and I got shit to do. Scotty Bird, are you ever going to visit me in St. John's, Newfoundland, or what? You never know what will happen in the, in the hockey world, my friend. Uh, you never know. Well, were you going to get here this year on the schedule? Uh, I'm not sure. Not I'm exactly not sure the same division. Well, it's not the same division, but I don't know. It's At some point, up because if you're in the East Coast League for three years, not that I you want to be, be in the East Coast, I'm just saying, but it didn't happen this year, but like, Generally, teams in the coast don't. Everybody don't play each other every year. That's but, right. But we do make but trips. But you don't go a few years without coming. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. I think you know what. I think what's in our cards this year is Florida. Um, but we'll see. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what'll happen. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. I'm sure I'll make an appearance there. Something. Something. <laughs> it's even funny. Like, if you ever even think about it, last year when we were in Tri Cities, like we were staying in that same hotel. Completely unrelated. Yeah, that's right. right. Like people that's put right. me there. I didn't know you were going to be there. I go down to get a bite to eat. That's how it happened. Just think about yeah. this. We know each other. I went back. Tri-City hey. flew me out to drop the puck, and they had top 30 players in 30 years. Not a big deal. And uh, anyway, anyway, I go back to the hotel. And I didn't even realize they were playing Spokane. It's very appropriate that I went back that they were because we had a rivalry. But I really didn't even know. And I walk in, and you guys are having a pregame meal. I'm like, I, I don't suppose. 
and sure enough, Scott Burke is staying like four rooms down. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then we, if if I if I can remember correctly, you were late for your signing because I had to bring you into the coach's room and have a beer with us quick. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you never know where you're going to end up. One week I'm here, and then, yeah, sure, I'll come to Tri-City. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was a place in the United States that we happened to be, but, like, that could have been a hotel in New Orleans. Like, you, yeah, you have no know. reason to be in sport. Like, you know, it's not – we both played there one time, but, you know, you could have been coaching in Louisiana. You could – you just right. happen to get a job in Spoke. You happen to be playing there on that night. I happen to come back, and the night that I'm dropping my puck, other than the other 29 nights, happens to be at your place. Yeah. I just find it wild. How, that's why I'm not the most religious guy. I spoke at that about that in my last. And religion would be – I don't like that whole thing, but I do believe in positive karma. I believe that I don't understand it, but something exists out there. And proof of that to me is Scotty Burt, no doubt. Scotty, it's been <laughs> unbelievable talking to you. Awesome. All right, my man. You say hi to the family. Uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good, brother. We'll talk soon. Uh, all right, man. Well. Cheers. Be safe. Wowzers, there you have it. Um, Scotty Burt. Fuck, man. We got a lot of good memories. Yeah, I can definitely have him on again. I, I could have gone further into it, that whole penis pump story. I didn't want to get anybody in hot water, but there's more to it. And... Uh, <laughs> My first day in Red Deer, my first day, got caught by someone that was billeting a player using a penis pump to make my penis bigger to impress girls I didn't even know that I never did meet. <laughs> what a gong show. Anyway, anyway. And I got to stop having coffee when I come on here because I'm so wound up. I hijacked the interview again. Anyway, I hope you guys liked it. Uh, <laughs> I really do. I was a good friend, and I wasn't going to do this till tomorrow, actually. But uh, I was going down through some old photos, and I saw Scott Burt, and I said, you know, I'll phone him. I said, well, Scotty, we might as well put this on air. You know, why not? If if this COVID thing has done anything, it's helped me catch up with people. I'm still smiling, laughing. Anyway, um, Penny Posh, uh, yeah, PennyPoshDesigns.com, awesome. Remember, if you get a hoodie, I'm going to throw in a picture sign. My dad's going to throw in a picture sign. I'm also going to throw in a hockey card. The hoodies are $129.99. They're on sale now for $69.99. So $69.99, and I'm going to throw in a picture of Senior, a picture of me, pennyposhdesigns.com. Just send me a DM, though. I'll do it, uh, and um, I'll set it up myself. But, yeah, that's an unbelievable deal, and the hoodies are incredible. My word, and I'm a man of my word. If anything, I like to be a man of my word, and I promise you these are unlike any hoodie you've ever had. They're definitely the most comfortable. Definitely. There I said it. Uh, Princess Penny Podcast. Give, give it a listen. My daughter, Penny Lane. And we uh, got into it. She wanted to do it for a while and ended up being like a school thing. You know? So we, 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 we get three in the bag, and she's doing another one as soon as I hang up from this. So give that a listen. What else? Uh, Patreon. Listen if you want. We have a lot of hard workers here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Other than me, check out one of the other 32 podcasts. They are awesome. And uh, one for each team, basically. There, there's a couple of for – the, for, as a rule, there's basically one podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network per team. And yeah, to do that, there's a lot of hard work involved. And, uh, you know, if you want to support us, that's the way a lot of us uh, thrive and run. You go to patreon.com and uh, go to patreon.com slash – or Patreon slash the Hockey Podcast Network. 
Fuck, let me see. I got to look down. So I'm not even sure if I got that right. Yes, okay. So that's patreon.com forward slash the hockey podcast network. Uh, if you want to donate some coin and support our, uh, our little gig here. Uh, also, Southern Scholar Socks. Gents, honestly, Southern Scholar, Southern Scholar makes superior dress socks for men. Southern Scholar has reinvented the dress sock to form fit to your foot and stay up your leg. Guaranteed to be the best dress socks you've ever worn or your money back. Use promo code THPN for $5 off your next purchase. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network for $5 off your next purchase. I mean it, folks. Uh, these things are awesome. I've got a bunch of pairs, and I swear by them. The only reason that I don't have exclusively Southern Scholar socks is because I found out about them late. But uh, they're awesome, and in the future, it's all that will be in my sock drawer. I guarantee that. What else? I think that's it. You know, I had a couple other things that I was going to talk about, but that's leave that for next time. I enjoyed my thoroughly enjoyed my time here today talking to Scott Burt, uh, and thanks for tuning in. And you know, have just a fantastic weekend. Hang in there. Keep your heads held high. I know it's a rough time. It's a rough time for a lot of people, though. Uh, not just yourself. Try to. Go for bike rides, get on the net, talk to some people, communicate. That's what we're all missing. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you soon.